you think having the bank account topped up a bit is the solution or is trusting the Lord the solution? And can you trust him to provide for you outside the means of this thing called money, which allows you to exercise the power? Welcome to season two and episode one of Sam and Dan Chat. Here we are, two Christian lads talking about everyday life once again. You thought maybe that we weren't coming back, but we're back on the sofa. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just getting time until Sam's finished doing his um, lip balm. Sorry, I'm just putting my lip balm on. <laughs> Happy Christmas, Happy New Year, welcome to the end of January. New year, new me. <laughs> Luscious lips. It's Carmex, if you're interested. Mint, which uh, sort of tingles. It's got F- SPF in it, which I think is good for sun protection. Perfect for this time of year. How you doing, Amesy? All good, thank you. Who'd all have good. thought we'd got a second season commissioned? We've got all the subjects lined up. We've got guests lined up at least in our minds. Thanks to our producers for letting us do it again. I.e. Katie and Sarah. The fans. Any news? Yeah, I do have something important to relate, actually. I think I know what you're going to say. At this point, do I call James back in and ask for some more music? You might well. James? The story is that... A saga that began on our last season continues in quite a dramatic fashion, I would say. I parked my car in a village, which technically is not named, but has been named at one point on this podcast, and so eager listeners might be able to place it. Oh, no. And uh, I went for the day into Oxford, and when I came back to my car in the evening... My tyre was flat. Um, It was quite late at night, and so Sarah rescued me, um, came to give me a lift, and actually had dinner on the table for me, which, you know... Silver lining. It helped. It helped after a traumatic few minutes. The next day, though, in the the cold light of day, I went back to rescue my car, and um, the mobile tyre repairman had made it there just a minute before me, and he phoned me as I was getting off the bus... Edge tyres, shout out to Edge tyres. Edge tyres, what a lovely Top man. bloke. As you said to me in a text, great hug. <laughs> <laughs> you, you went great guy. <laughs> also has a great hug. What a lovely man. Yeah, sponsored. Um, anyway, I mean, yeah. So he's phoning you as you get off the bus because uh, you had to get the bus back to your car. Yeah, and he said to me, just looking at your golf. Um, <laughs> someone's done not, this. Not a euphemism. <laughs> He says, someone's done this. <laughs> Why have you done and I this? Said, I can't believe you've done this. And uh, he chalked it up when, by the time I got there. And it, this, this was no accidental puncture. As you oh, yourself have experienced in the very same parking spot, someone, a.k.a. No, we can't say the name. We can't say the name. The Hamesy took the day off work and did a bit of work online. Well... It was maybe 10 minutes on Google on my lunch break. No, I've seen your spare room. It's covered in maps 
and, and headshots. <laughs> Coloured bits of string going between people. and Pinning between. You link it back up north somewhere. But you think you've got a suspect? Possibly have a suspect. It, it, my tyre was definitely slashed. It wasn't like there was a nail in it. It, just, it had been cut on a part of the tyre, which... We've had two different professionals confirm that. Yeah, one on your one on your car, one on mine. So it's guaranteed. And at this stage, listeners, we are devising the next stage of the plan, aren't we, Hamesy? So my offer of sponsorship, if somebody wants to sponsor a stakeout, then that offer still stands. Anyway, the saga continues and we don't quite know what to do with it at the moment. But we think we've got a suspect. We've got a bit of a plan formulated for the next step. So watch this space is what I'd say. It could get messy. We're in deep. <laughs> Throw away your burner phones. I have actually got a burner phone. Have you? Yeah. What's that for? I can't remember. Something liturgical. I have to say that I can't remember. That's the something liturgical. <laughs> no, What's it for? No, you vicars are like. For Lent. Lent, Lent yeah. <laughs> Is it? When you give up social media, you know you've got four numbers. Some people do that, wouldn't they? Yeah. Mm, yeah, probably not. That'd be annoying. Speaking of Lent, um, Lent is the uh, the past tense of uh, Lend, which you do with um, money. Flip me, that's good. That was good. That's the first time I've ever done the... You got uh, the bug. The, uh, the, what's it called? The segue. It's the first time yeah. I've ever done the segue and... Uh, it, I feel like it was inspired. <laughs> Been trumped. So, um, where do you start with money, Hamesy? I guess we're thinking about... We, we said we'd talk about money, episode one of season two, because we... It's in the news a lot. It's in a lot of people's minds. It's affecting all of our lives at the moment that we are in, and I quote, a cost of living crisis. Mm. Um, the, I guess that, that's kind of if you get into it it's caused by there's the economic stuff of inflation which means prices of stuff is going up um, and particularly plays into that the uh, the whole deal with energy electricity gas supplies prices of those things have really really gone up so everyone's maybe just money's on everyone's mind at the moment wages generally aren't rising as fast as inflation is so even though you might be paid a couple of percent more than you were last year, your your eggs and bread and milk cost more mm. than they did this time last year. So I think it's just on everyone's mind, isn't it? Yeah, big it's time. Not, it's not it's not an easy time, and we want to have a chat about what do we do with that? How do we approach that as Christians? Yeah. So the um, this has happened before, I guess, economically, a few times, maybe. Not not any that I can remember it specifically. Maybe you can remember because you're a bit older than me, but our parents certainly will have lived through similar times, won't they? Similar times, not exactly the same, yeah. but different yeah. recessions and whatnot. People might speak about the 70s in this yeah. country. Yeah. Uh, there's 2008 financial crash. Yeah. Which is maybe a bit closer to home for us. Mm-hmm. I was going to say 1929, the Wall Street crash. Maybe that's uh, no one's listening. Not even you remember that one. No, I don't. But our parents will remember more than us, maybe. So um, what was your sort of outlook on money growing up? 
because I, I think it's something for me that's shaped massively by my upbringing, actually, my approach to money and my attitude towards it. So what do you think there's anything particularly in your upbringing that has now shaped how you deal with it or how you view it? Or do you think that came later on? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, yeah, I'm sure there are things in there. Um, my my dad worked um, when I was quite young, a full time job. I think I think a fairly well paid job, but he um, he left it. Took voluntary redundancy to become the pastor of, the, of our little church that we were at when um, when I was growing up, and that I probably wouldn't have really understood and noticed it at the time, but that would have been a significant wage drop Mm. um i don't think he even had a proper salary from the church i think it was such a small church it was kind of take on the offering plate at the end of the day and see what see what you get then it might have been more complex than that but that would have been quite a significant thing so i can i can certainly remember us as a family there'd be times when we knew money was tight and we didn't really have we didn't really have much to to certainly luxuries and extras and I can actually remember a few times when we had zero money and, and we had some quite miraculous provision from the Lord in in um, very kind of everyday ways um, I, wasn't, I wasn't really even thinking about these but they just come to mind so I, I might as well say them mm, they're quite, quite I, they will definitely be formative for me one I can remember was um, we haven't really got any food <laughs> Just like there's no food, and there's also no money, and it was, I guess if you're if you're parents and you get to the point where you're having to tell your children that it's probably got, that's probably a relatively bad month, isn't it? You probably yeah, if you're parents, you generally want to try and hide that. Like that. <laughs> yeah. But obviously, it was bad enough that there were my parents were like, we don't really know what was going to happen, and we prayed as a family, like so, mum, dad, me, and two sisters, and. um I think it was the next day. We I don't think we'd told anyone. I don't think anyone particularly knew we were aware, but someone had just anonymously dropped off a couple of bags of shopping on the doorstep. <laughs> and uh, no way. It was like it got us through, you know, whatever it was, the yeah, end of that yeah. month, that last few days of that month or whatever. And uh, it was probably someone from church. He maybe just had the inkling. Yeah. You know, maybe this. Maybe I should do this. Um, wow. So that's, you just think, yeah, that's the Lord just providing in a very specific way yeah another time i can remember my mum drove us to this was like primary school days my mum drove us into school one day and um we were like on the way there and she parked up she had a little old mini like a proper old old school Mm. mini she parked up and we all got out and she started walking off and uh we were like why are you walking and she said we have not got enough money for petrol so i'm gonna walk home and then at the end of the school day i'll walk back pick you up in the car and drive home and that's like we don't got petrol to do four journeys only two and uh we were all really upset like you can't walk home not very far but we were all really upset and um uh, again we were like prayed together as a family and I'm, i remember then opened the, the passenger door and got out of the car and i could see in the leaves in the gutter like a couple of pound coins <laughs> so i was like oh some money he picked up a couple of pound coins and then there's like we found like i think it was like six or seven pound coins in the in the leaves and it was like immediately she got some money, and wow. um, whenever that was, somewhere sometime in the nineties, you know, six seven quid is a fair bit of petrol. Yeah, yeah, it didn't cost quite as much as it does today. So I think all of those things probably um, play into it for me. My parents, um, 
yeah, people would call it living by faith. I mean, mm. I think every Christian does to some degree, but they were really depending on the Lord for provision financially every month. Yeah. Wow. And have continued to be, were and have continued to be super generous and uh, have swooped in on various occasions I could remember through my life as a teenager and as a as a, a younger man trying to like get independent. Hmm. swooped in a number of times very generously um despite yeah not not being super well off hmm. so yeah all of that plays into it for me there's maybe a kind of it's pretty i guess i would say it's pretty integrated in the way i think about god's provision and prayer and yeah depending on him because it's maybe not been a it's not been a given that there's just going to be loads there and everything's super secure. Yeah. Sorry, that was quite a long answer, but that's great. How about you? What's your, what's your, what's your experience of it? Mine may be slightly different, but equally as formative. I feel I I, um, can't claim to have stories similar to that. My parents maybe can, I think there was, um, I don't really know the details, but you know, probably times when my dad, was looking for a job and you know coming to the end of their saving or whatever and there's maybe one month left or, or a couple of weeks left of it, um money and that's the big story i can remember and and the job comes through and that kind of thing so it's absolutely been that um sort of more desperate if you like provision but for me for me um growing up i think it's more it was more um, what we what we do with money once we have it, and and maybe understanding where it comes from. That was probably the biggest takeaway, if you like, from my upbringing and moving into independence of my own life, my own approach to it. So I always remember um, we had this at Christmas time. I think I maybe started Advent. My my mum would remember, but we had a little box on the side, and every morning we used to put a pound in it, and um, then we I don't I don't, can't remember the exact details whether we knew what it was for or not. But then at the end of Advent or the uh, Christmas, we would we used to buy like a. Do you remember Oxfam used to do those gift cards where you could buy like a? Um, I want to say you could buy a goat, or you want you could buy like oh, a, yeah. a well or. Do you know? Do you know the ones I mean? They yeah. they got pictures on, and we. I think we'd all choose. Me and my sisters would sit down, and we'd all choose like what to buy with that. And then my, you know, my parents would kind of explain why we do that and why it's important to to do that. And um, the other thing I remember is my is my dad when we were growing up would was working full time. My mum wasn't working when I was certainly when I started out of school. So he was going out and when you when you're younger you think like oh dad's a, like earning all the money and money's mum and dad's and like that's up to them but my dad always refers to and still to this day refers to it as as family funds mm. so he always talks about the family funds he never talks about like my money or mum and dad mum and mum and my money he always talks about family funds and um it's interesting for two reasons i guess because you have well, his his own like unselfish approach to it, but also it it frames it in this way that um, it's it points to his wider understanding that it's not his necessarily. 
So he says family fund because, to me, he understood that you know he's a primary earner at that point, but he's he's only being he's only like a chain a uh, uh, um, a step in the chain if you like, and and the older I get and the more sort of theological chats you have and that kind of thing, I come to understand that you know his his view was, I'm out working and earning that money yes, but it's not mine to keep hold of. Um, it's ours as a family and then even when it's ours as a family you come back to that first example with the box it's not ours to grip onto and hold onto it's it's ours to be generous with and ours to share and so then I sort of yeah came away with this this idea that money isn't isn't really ours um in that sense it's it's a kind of a passing thing that in some seasons we're blessed with with more of it and in others um you know we're we're maybe reliant on others or or more um regularly leaning on the lord but that was i think my probably my biggest takeaway and i can't claim to (laughs) stick to that every day but i think that's the thing i remember and it's probably a maybe shaped some of the way i approach it that's interesting because the it's interesting to me because there's a lot of things that we can be quite selfless with and different ones of us will find it easier different areas like you know some people are just really good at inviting people over cooking you know for a big crowd or they're really good at saying yep yeah, borrow my car or mm. you know what i mean people time you're can, you're already good at time people people have different things where it's easy for them to do i and some people are particularly generous with their money, but there's something about it that's unusual. There's a there's a yeah a quality to money which is unusual. And I, you mentioned in there about the idea of going out and earning money, and the temptation to think of it in a in a unique way as this is mine. Like I've I've spent you know my my precious hours of my week, and I've earned this. And then I don't know. There's this, there's something about that which there's a danger, a dangerous quality, a uniquely grippy yeah. quality to it somehow, isn't there? Which you're you're saying your dad um, has sort of spotted and is kind of subverting it almost in the way he was, he thinks about money. But it's like I'm happy. I'm happy to think um, all my possessions are one day. You know, when I die, I can't take them with me. Yeah, they're irrelevant. You know, I'll lend people books and forget who they've gone to. Not really worried about that. I'm definitely a bit more liable to worry about money. Why is that? So, because I agree, but why is that? It has this... um, So people say, oh, you know, money can't buy happiness and that kind of thing and I I agree with that, hundred percent. It could definitely make your life easier in some some ways, can't it? But I don't think it can buy long term happiness. But I do think it has it has this kind of security attached to it, or a security that we put on it, and perhaps because it is so um, seemingly necessary in the world that we live, you know, it's, it's the means by which we acquire other things and get about and eat and 
like it's so central to everything we have to do to to survive that it, it seems to me that we're just we're just so deeply reliant on that security that that the more of that we can squirrel away somewhere somehow the the further that security stretches do you think it's got anything do you think it's got yeah, something like that? I'm sure that's it and I think I think because of that it has like this myst- the mysterious potential that um as soon as you spent the money on something it's it feels it feels specific and limited of like an objective reality like if you've got 500 quid and you spend it on you know a new sofa and some stuff that's it's transformed it into that if it's just sitting there in your bank account it's this it has the mystery of like yeah, true what could which be is, which is why we have those dreams of like you know if i won the lottery yeah with well, obviously without buying any ticket if i won the lottery um what would i do and it's like the idea of unlimited potential so i wonder i wonder if i've never really said this out loud i've only just thought of it is there even something about power and control there yeah where it's i if i if i had unlimited money i could do whatever i wanted i could have whatever i wanted yeah um yeah i think you're right i'd never thought of it like that why do we do that? Because you hear all the interviews with all the people who've got all the money in the world and they all come to the same conclusion on it. And it's just like, and yet it still has this this grip and this hold. It's so... They all say it's rubbish, it's ruined my life, I'm sadder than I ever was. And we read it and we're like, it'd be different if it was me. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you see what you need. Yeah. It, oh man, it's crazy. I, um... The... So Katie and I, um sort of blessed enough to be thinking about going on a holiday in the summer and we we want to do a sort of bigger trip while we're young and we can and um we were having this conversation the other day because we're looking at it we're thinking you know it's maybe that's a fair sum of money but do you i find it one of the hardest things to be wise about so it's maybe linked to this um other things I'm I'm not wise, but other things I find it maybe slightly easier to see where the line is, or to, it's it's a bit more black and white. I feel like with money, and it links to this, your point about this potential, you know, this sort of fantasized potential. It's such a grey area, and I just don't know. Some 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 days you get you get up and you think, oh, that's quite a good use of money actually, you know. And then other days you've got all the reasons why it's not and it's unwise. And so we were talking about this in the context of spending it on on going away, and we were saying. Is it is it a wise use of money? I I don't know. So then you you sort of take it further with different factors, and you say, well, what? So one reason for not using it, and one one reason that you could quite quickly um, latch onto is if you use that, you can't you we can't use it else elsewhere, or we don't have that. Or what if something comes down the line and comes down the track, and then suddenly you think, oh my word. I wish we didn't spend it on that. Like we really, you know, the car's just gone bust. We, we really shouldn't have done that. And so it, it's that idea of, um, you know, holding on to it for a for security sake and be like you said, oh, for for something else that might come along that might be a better offer. That which, uh, you know, links to I think faith and providence and all sorts of stuff we've spoken about in the past. But it just has this, like this kind of grip that other things 
seem to be much much easier to decipher yeah it's such an interesting like barometer on your where your heart is like what your what you love and desire yeah Um, so things like what do you what do you imagine your savings are going to be for or you know when you've had a bit you've had a bit of time and having to be really careful with money then you have some some money comes in and things a bit better what do you what's the first thing you think i'm going to go out and treat myself to dot 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 you know it's really telling i I remember um i remember preaching years ago at church on i think it was on the subject of money and it was just when monzo had come out and you had like the first time really you had like a decent banking app which told you what you spent your money on yeah and uh, i remember just looking at my monzo app and being like i spend so much money on just like having coffee out and like curry bit of cake (laughs) curry and um it's just so telling it reveals a lot and my recent thing i i thought in the last few years anyway is um there was a point i'm afraid it's not anymore where i had i had some money like from savings um and uh it was when i was just then buying my house and uh i was starting to like spend some of the savings on some of the like logistics of moving house and getting settled in in like legal stuff and um conveyancing and solicitors all of that and there's a bit of me that was like that's my savings well uh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's good. the number's going down like yeah but then i had to have this conversation with myself where i was like well what have you what are you saving for? for like what <laughs> if not like buying a house that's quite that's a good <laughs> thing to spend money on it's true man and i was like trying to think so what what in my mind was i expecting i might s- spend that money on and i don't think i had been i think i just been thinking it's good to save and i liked seeing the big number well it wasn't a big number but I like seeing a number and seeing that it was, you know, month by month yeah. inching up a inching up a little bit. And in a sense, I was just that in a sense that was a kind of a god. I was sort of trusting it. It was like a security thing to know I'd got a few grand, you know, tucked away. And then when it started to go, I was like, Oh no, my savings are going. Right. When it was actually a really good use of them. Probably exactly the sort of thing I should have saved for. So interesting. But it's in equal measure is is as telling as if you're going out and spending it. So you say you you look at the Monza app and where are you spending all your money, and that's quite telling. I think it's it's maybe just as telling when you're getting worried about that figure going down and you're not spending it. So yes. you're going out and spending yeah. it all on that, or you're saving it all for something that you don't really know what you're saving it for. They, I think, are equally as telling if you strip it back and go to the next level of of where that desire to do that comes from yeah which is maybe where we get into the the approach to money as christians perhaps yeah. i think that's where they come together and it's interesting because it, it basically because it has to do with our hearts and our desires and our vision of our life you know and what we could have and how our life could look and feel it gets to kind of the question of like our anxieties and worries and I guess there's a sense in which at the moment, because of everything, a lot of people might be quite worried about money. Um, and I, I guess, is it important to say that may not be a bad thing? Yeah, so that's, yeah. It, you can't you can't say, oh, look, don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't it, It's a problem. Everyone has this problem at the moment. And so if, if you're worried about it, that's probably quite natural. But there can be an ungodly... Uh, there can be an ungodly anxiety or worry about money which 
comes from doing the sort of thing we've just been talking about where it's it has become your kind of last line of defense or the security that you lean on yeah that's important to make that point because I, I think what i was getting at was when you begin to look at that figure so like you're saying like when you're when you're sitting on that and you're you're getting worried that that figure's going down and you're i'm, I'm not talking about sort of day-to-day will I be able to afford to pay for that? And because that's very real and that, like you say, so many people feel that. I think it's more the um, the bigger kind of saving, if you like, that yeah. you sometimes sit back on a bit. Um, and the motivation to, that drives drives that, why, why, does, yeah. why do I feel better and happier, more secure when I am able to save? That's, yeah, that's, I, I think do. that's what we're getting at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a verse um, in Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 5.10, which I saw was quite blunt and brilliant. He who loves money will not be satisfied with money. Huh. It's just like, there you go. And it maybe reveals, it's kind of a circular thing, isn't it? Like if, if you love it yeah, and you, you pin your hopes on having it and, you know, maybe it's the thing that, you plot and plan when you have when your brains are neutral or when you're dozing off to sleep you're thinking about what can I shift around my accounts to secure that or whatever like if you love that and you try and be satisfied and it it won't it won't do what you need it to do mm. whereas if you can be a if you can be more hands off you could probably be happier yeah because you're not banking your life <laughs> that's a pun you're not banking your life on it uh, it's it's tough though isn't it it's really tough to, to take that perspective very hard again because um I, I suppose we're talking slightly trivially but for some people it's uh you're talking about food like when you were growing up or the bus to get to work or the mortgage or you know it's it's very real, isn't it? Isn't that interesting? I'm just thinking about how Jesus talks about food and clothes in, yeah. in Matthew's gospel, I'm thinking particularly, where he says, don't worry about what you will eat or drink. Yeah. He says, no, look at the birds. They don't have to store and you know, gather and store their food, but the, the Lord feeds them. And look at the, the, the flowers in the field. They don't, they don't have to make clothes, but the Lord dresses them. Um, and he says, therefore, don't worry about your life. You know, how much more important are you than flowers or birds? And he's like, the pagans are interested in all of that. They worry about that and run after it, but you don't have to because you know your heavenly father looks after you. It's interesting though; he doesn't include money in that that list. It's almost like saying, if you, if you have money in your, in your account, you feel like you can chill about what you'll eat and drink and wear and your whole life. Because you can rely on money. Whereas Jesus is saying, money's kind of neither here nor there. Like God can, he can give you food if you have no money. There's a way, you know. Yeah, yeah, I see. Um, he can he can clothe you, he can look after you. So he's almost like the power thing of having money. He's like, it's almost like that's taken away. And he's saying, don't even think about that. You, you, don't, you don't need to be in control of these things by having money. You don't even... even like, and at and, and other points, maybe even says, goes as far as to say, it, actually having money can can hinder you <laughs> in the yeah. in, in a sense in in um, your faith in me and um, getting through the eye of the needle. 
uh, yeah. difficult for a rich man to enter the kingdom. Interesting. And he talks, doesn't he, about the the, um, the impossibility of serving both God and money. Mm. That's weird that it because again he doesn't talk about many other things in that way. Money is a bit unique. It it can set itself up in your mind as your master, so you can serve it rather than serve God. Yeah, there's not many other things that kind of get that that billing of alternative God in the Bible. But I think that aligns with what we were saying earlier. There's not many other things that you find have such power when you break it down. So presumably that's entirely deliberate, you know, the, yeah. the reason that's been highlighted and that's in there. We recognise it, don't we? And yeah. Jesus recognised it <laughs> before we did and and told told you it was going to be an issue. Yeah. And it's, it's so interesting, like the whole, I'm just, just reflecting on since the time of Jesus, you know, just, it's just going away over the whole of history. Um, <laughs> just how central money is to everything. Like now, like politics is, is inseparable from the economy. Hmm. And, you know, what are the big schools of political thought? They're all around money, you know, whether you're a capitalist or a Marxist or whatever, that it's like so central to how we've organized society and our lives we've really built it in hmm. and it's hard as a Christian to sort of pick, pick that apart and separate it out and evaluate it and trying to think like a Christian about it because it's so in the fabric of how we think of ourselves and how our society runs. Yeah, you're right. So this point about, about not worrying and or Jesus being neither here nor there or you will be provided for and you don't have to worry about what you're going to eat. How do we just do we just take Jesus's word for it right there and say right well that's that's what Jesus said. So there we go. How do you how do you do that like pra- practically how do you <laughs> How do you say, right, Tuesday, you know, four days till the end of the month, it's looking pretty tight. But Matthew, read that verse. I know I don't have to worry. Is that is it as simple as that? Do you think? I'm I'm not saying yeah, I'm not it's not a leading question. I'm just yeah. wondering if I think on one level it is, isn't it? You know, God has spoken his word and his promises and we have to trust him. Hmm. That doesn't mean that no one's ever got into debt. No, and no one's ever, you know, had to make the the horrible choice between do you keep the heating on or do you eat, or even no one's ever become homeless. Yeah, yeah, and there's all kinds of questions that surround that about, you know, why spending and budgeting and oh, I'm rubbish at all of it, but I I do wonder if there is a question in there about do you do you think having the bank account topped up a bit is the solution or is trusting the Lord the solution? And can you trust him to provide for you outside the means of this thing called money, which allows you to exercise the power? Yeah. For me, that would be like, as, I, as I've thought about that, just, just having voiced it a few minutes ago, for me, that would be like a, a journey of sanctification 
to like deal with say that say that it's like last few days of the month money's low yeah um gotta buy food gotta heat the house gotta have petrol can i can i be okay about those things trusting the lord to provide not by the way i would normally like which is via money that i spend the way i want in the order of things i want there's a sanctifying aspect to that where to the point where you're operating on a on a actually a different level to money and you're saying it's not about money which is what you're saying about it being neither here or there because yeah. you're um so you're working above that and you're saying yeah whether money's involved or not the lord will provide i think so and that's hard it's hard i mean we i'm sure most people who are listening have been there i've been there where you just think i don't know how i'm going to get from today to point b at some point in the future i don't know how i'm going to pay for the things that need to be paid for because we and that's the other thing is we all have just these repeating things like you know subscriptions bills phone phone bills and people will come knocking on the door if you don't pay them yeah we put ourselves generally in quite a money dependent yeah. position and sometimes the lord doesn't seem to provide us with the money and the means of control but just meets our needs what we actually need yeah it's, it's a tough one and you and like we say you can't you can't just say you know when someone said never in the history of saying calm down has anyone, anyone calm down it's <laughs> like okay. so the same with saying don't worry in a lot of ways you know if you say if someone's really really worried about something you go oh don't worry it never helps no except when jesus says it because yeah. like he he is the one who's got the power and ability the resources the yeah. love to stop you having to worry about anything yeah but it is not straightforward so in that sense you have to take the full picture like with so much so much of what we talk about you maybe can't take well I'm just gonna trust in Jesus today that he's gonna provide you have to also say but we need to be wise and we need to steward what we've been given and we need to handle it properly and make sensible decisions and you know the Lord's given us free will to be able to do that so as much as yes he does provide and goes before us and after us we still have a responsibility if you like and we get given what we get given some of us more some of us less and um maybe i don't know if i take the parable of the talents out of out of context here but you know to to use what we've been given in our own context is important isn't it it's important to recognize that and then to work within to work within that if you like yeah and accept that with that comes i think comes a responsibility um little or, or large sums to sort of steward it and deal with it in a in a christian way yeah and to trust the lord that he is leading us he leads us through everything for a reason and we might like to be led through all the parts of our life with lots of you know ample provision of everything that we would quite like at the time yeah but it sometimes is his will that we go through not having stuff to teach us 
to draw us closer to him. And it's hard, it's really hard to see it and and kind of conceptualise it. But if he's doing it, it's better for us to have experienced that than not. Hmm. Like, I have to believe it it was better for my family to have experienced Hmm. worrying that we weren't going to have any food for a few days and to have got the shopping bags on the doorstep than it would have been for us to pray and, and for, you know you know, 60 quid to appear on that day. So there was something better about the Lord providing food direct. I don't know. I, I I don't know what it was, but something's gone in there that he, it, it's his, his, his way of dealing with the situation and not maybe what we would choose. Hmm. There's a good, um, there's a good prayer, um, written by John Wesley, which, um, a lot of in the Methodist church they say it like every new year have you heard it no go on um, it's quite a uh, it's quite a big one to say actually but I'll read it out and um, I just think this maybe plays into this so it's traditionally yeah the Wes- in the like Methodist church Wesleyan churches they'll say this every like new year as a kind of covenant like recommitment to God every year so it says I'm no longer my own but yours put me to what you will Place me with whom you will. Put me to doing, put me to suffering. Let me be put to work for you or set aside for you. Praised for you or criticised for you. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and fully surrender all things to your glory and service. And now, wonderful and holy God, creator, redeemer and sustainer, you are mine, I am yours. So be it. There's quite quite a big prayer to pray. Well, yeah. I don't know if I could. I'm not sure if I could um, claim to to say that like wholeheartedly, but it kind of reminds me of Paul Paul's letters where he will talk about. Um, you know, I've learnt to be content in whatever situation I'm in, mm-hmm. whether I'm well fed or hungry or, or in prison or free, whatever it is. It's a tough lesson to learn. Mm. Like, um, oh man, so many of these chats we have, I feel like we just scratch the surface, don't we? <laughs> yeah. Could be a part one of seven, but I think that, that prayer there is, um, well, it's quite a good place to start, <laughs> but it, yeah. it also kind of wraps things up nicely in terms of what, where we've, where we've come to, doesn't it? Yeah. And it might be we revisit this this kind of yeah. thing. Um, I definitely think it, it might be worth us thinking in the future about um, contentment, satisfaction, those yeah. kind of things. It's a that's a big underlying theme under quite a lot of what we've what we've talked about. Yeah, I it feels to me like a, a lot of what we've talked about work, money. I can't remember if we've done relationships or not, but so much of it comes back to. Um, Similar strands, contentment, satisfaction, security, like you just said. Yeah, where do you find happiness? And and I hadn't really thought about it until we started to like unpack them in quick succession, and then you realise the running themes that all of these yeah, things. Yeah, you keep have. coming back to certain certain it's things. Must be things we've yeah. said so many times. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. Well, I guess we should wrap that one up there. 
But there may be more to say. There will be more to say. Because episode two is coming soon. <laughs>